If you are looking for inspiration and wondering the dynamics of a family business, Woman in Supply Chain Series Part 14 is for you. Christy tells her amazing story of adversity and courage. So remember to check it out. And that's at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 44. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. First, a word from our sponsor, Border Buddy. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has created a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce shopping cart, like Shopify, Magento, eBay, and others, allowing you ease and peace of mind when selling to customers in North America. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from your door to theirs in real time. We're the first API-based custom solution. Just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at bordermoney.com forward slash Let's Talk Supply Chain. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. We are already a few weeks into 2019 and I don't know about you, but I am feeling optimistic. So today, Tim of Consulting Logistics and I are collaborating on this episode and talking about current trends and what's coming up in 2019. But first, let's get to uh, Listener's Corner and our question of the week. So right after New Year's, I posted this question, what can you you do today that you are not capable of 12 months ago? And I shared some of the things that I'm able to do today that I couldn't do 12 months ago. And some of those include public speaking, uh, building a website, fundraising for ships, uh, lengthy meditation, and producing a show. Because prior to that, I had a team and we were, that was our season one, and that was called Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. I also had a few other comments. Naima Robbins, she says, successfully working remotely from my team in an agile work environment. I am now able to deliver an engaging and interactive training via Skype without losing half of the crowd to emails or social media. I am now talking to Naima and she's probably going to come on the show and talk about how she does that. And I know that most of you are going to be interested in that with um, people doing more and more and more remotely. So Ola Solomon, he also said um, inventory control, cashew nuts, and sesame seeds quality analysis. So congratulations to both of you. Thank you so much for engaging and uh, sending in your comments. Remember to join in on the conversations every single Wednesday when I post the question of the week, and that's on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Or send me your questions to listener at letstalksupplychain.com. So Tim is 
a fellow supply chain podcaster and host of Consulting Logistics. And I'm excited to have him on the show today to talk about the new year, what they have planned, uh, because I was on his show back in October and him and I are actually working on a few different projects that are coming up on in 2019 that you are going to want to stick around and hear more about. If you missed my episode on his show, go to Let's Talk Supply chain.com and on the homepage under find Sarah there's a button for my other podcast so let's get to know Tim a little bit better before we introduce him onto the show so Timothy Dooner is a 14 year industry veteran who has held directors positions in operations sales consulting and marketing he has worked with FedEx Reebok Adidas LL Bean Hasbro Louis Vuitton and many more high level clients across the full spectrum of supply chain. Dooner is currently Aborn and Co's director of marketing and the host producer of the podcast Consulting Logistics. Right now, he is hard at work planning Aborn and Company's supply chain vision and innovation convention, which is called TransTech 2020. And him and I are going to talk a little bit more about that on the show. So welcome to the show, Tim. Sarah, happy new year. It's been a while since we last spoke, but I hope you had a great... It's actually... We missed Boxing Day, right? You've had Boxing Day, you've had Christmas, you've had New Year's. I missed you through the whole holidays, but I hope you got my Christmas card. I did. Actually, actually, no. You know what? Now that I think about it, I didn't. I think it got lost in our postal strike. Oh, man. What's that? What's going on there? Is that like like what's going on in France or, or have things calmed down? Has it gotten violent? The government actually uh, made the workers go back to work. So the 500 or 600 trailers full of mail in the parking lot apparently is now being, it's, it, they're going through it and sending mail out to people again. Well, hopefully one day, and I, I know you're going to be in Boston soon, so I might have to give you a new one. All right. All right. I'll look forward to that. And Happy New Year to you. And I wish you all the best in 2019. I mean, I know that this is going to be a great year and you guys have so much going on and so many great things happening that uh, I think that you and I should just just get to it. And uh, so thank you for being on the show. You and I have always supported each other. So I'm excited to have you on the show again today. Yeah. Got to support the podcast community, especially other logistics podcasters. So the last time you were on the show, it was for the shipping pod, and now you're doing consulting logistics. So congratulations on that, because I see everything that you do, and I think that it's going really, really well. So why don't you tell us about consulting logistics and how you got involved? Yeah, well, I'll let you in on a little secret. It's a Trojan horse. So I initially started a podcast because I needed a way to get on your show. And now that I've accomplished that, my life is complete, Sarah. Whatever. No, I have no. There is a real story, and it's actually it's it's a it's a kind of a compelling story in a way. I had I start I was working for a company in Boston. I was doing sales from them. My wife was eight months pregnant, and I lost a job over there. So that was terrible, right? <laughs> but the good part was I got a lot of time with my kids, and I'd always wanted to start a podcast. And while I was with that company, I was developing the idea to begin with. So. I figured that while I was looking for a job, it would make sense to just start a logistics podcast so it would be, you know, a living resume. And hopefully one day it would get me a job. And, uh, well, it eventually did. 
And um, it, it, the shipping pod became sort of like yours. You, you don't have a co-host anymore and you changed names. The shipping pod became consulting logistics because I was hired by Aborn and company through my work on the shipping pod and they wanted me to bring that podcast to them. That is amazing. Kudos to you because, you know, a lot of people start podcasts for so many different reasons. Um, you know, there's a few in our industry and not all of them are successful. Not all of them all, not everybody sees it through, but you started it to, to get a job in the industry and in the marketing of this industry and uh, it worked for you. So kudos to you. Um, now, I know that you guys have got so much going on between consulting logistics at Aborn and all that kind of stuff. So you're planning a conference this fall. There's a lot of industry conferences. Tell us about why it's on the agenda and why you decided to join that circuit. Yeah, absolutely. So out here in Boston, I attend a ton of conferences in New England. And I'm, I was getting a little tired of them. I was getting a little worn out of the same topics. And the reason for that is the conference space out in New England is so heavily compliance focused that right now that's not really relevant to the needs of my company, the needs of what we're doing, and in a lot of ways, the needs of the industry. So I went to a marketing conference called Inbound out here in Boston a few months ago, and I saw the way that they do conferences. And I used to work in the music industry, and I saw the way they do conferences versus the way conferences were conducted out here. And out here, there's there's really not a ton of thought put into the attendee experience or the speaker experience. So what I wanted to do was bring a sophisticated, intimate conference here that focuses on the merger between the digital and the physical of freight and logistics. And that's because there's so much awesome stuff going on right now, Sarah. You got AI, you got blockchain. I'm actually going to interview a robot called Chuck in a warehouse in two weeks. That's how cool some of the things are going on in supply chain. So I had to do TransTech 2020 because nobody else was brave enough. Is the robot actually going to speak back to you? I hope that it does. I am so excited to talk to Chuck. <laughs> that is awesome. That I can't. And it would be like, yeah, the show wouldn't be very long if he doesn't reply to me. I can't wait to hear that episode. But you're completely right. I mean, I go to these industry conferences as well. And although they do bring a ton of information um, for you to succeed in your supply chain and your business, I think that we need to change it up a little. Um, so every time that I am approached to speak or be a part of a conference, I'm giving them different ideas of the setup. Um, you know, how can we have a panel discussion that is more conducive to conversation that is going to bring more value to the audience? And I know you're talking about an immersive experience, like the total uh, conference experience. I actually sent somebody to inbound uh, a couple of years ago because I couldn't make it. And I kick myself every single time because what she came back with was just, you know, amazing ideas and ways of thinking about things. And I think that you're right. We not only need to think about the industry differently, but we also need to think more about how we can bring value, how we can give that emerging uh, immersive experience to the attendee. Because I believe that there are a lot of people out there that need to go to these conferences, that want to go to these conferences. They want to hear what the people have to say, but they just want it to be a better experience. So if you can do that, 
with your conference next year, I am going to be watching really, really closely, and uh, I'd love to see how you're doing that. So you also mentioned that technology obviously is a huge part of supply chain right now. You're a big fan of supply chain tech. You show that through your consulting logistics, the articles you publish on LinkedIn and Aborn's site. You know, why is now such a good time to focus on it? And are we hearing too much about it? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess this ties back into the conference. And, and first of all, no, we're not hearing too much. We're not hearing enough because there's a great, there's a huge deficiency in the tech space. So the, the, the reason we're talking about data, though, is my company, Aborn. We have sort of reframed our perspective on how we look at things. This company started 30 years ago doing great exercises, reducing costs for shippers. But what the company evolved to and how we reduced those costs was dealing with data. And the more and more we deal with data, the more obvious it becomes that that's the inroad to all sorts of savings, optimization, and those kind of things. But we also notice, because we receive a lot of data, that most shippers' data is in pretty bad disrepair because the industry is so far behind. And you know what? Silicon Valley has taken notice. I just read an article today in VentureBeat about the amount of VC being poured into logistics over the past two years, and it exceeds $4 billion. You're seeing hundreds of millions of dollars going to Flexport, for example, from Google. This is becoming a, a real industry now. You know, you're not, now it's not just run by the transportation guy in the back by the warehouse. They're starting to be in the boardroom and they're having a C in front of their name. So the conferences here, well, they're great. They speak to, uh, compliance professionals, you need that. I've worked in operations. But from a business perspective, the people I want to talk to now are CFOs looking to save money and future-proof their supply chains, venture capitalists, and other people who are forward-thinking about the supply chain, because the truth is we're pretty far behind as an industry. So do you think that we're going to you know, see a CSO sometime soon or CS, what, CO, <laughs> Chief Supply Chain Officer? It's a, Yeah, no, no. We do. All the big companies have them now. Uh, Amazon has one. Walmart has one. These are the top. These are the vanguards. And I've always been of the opinion that you look at the, you look at the top. You know, you don't try to be the guy right next to you. Like my conference, I don't look at other supply chain conferences. I look at inbound. I look at conferences like that because they're the best. I look at TED Talks for how they want to frame their speakers. I want to bring that type of atmosphere and that type of conversation and that type of dialogue to Boston. And we will. But that same stuff, I mean, this is all born from the same thing because I podcast about this all the time. I market this stuff all the time and I have to write articles about this stuff all the time. So doing a conference or even writing this stuff is sort of a natural extension of the things I'm talking about and dealing with every day in one aspect or another. Yeah. And that's exactly what the industry needs, right? It's a little bit of a shakeup here and there right in every single aspect of this industry and i love that you're doing that on the co in the conference space as well but when i asked well the, the, i mean the goal but but the goal really quick cuz i on data because the data here is I, I think the change there's a sea change that sort of is happening but not really quick enough and that's that data is it's almost given to like the tech guy now you know they give it to the warehouse guy he doesn't know he gives it to the it guy the real goal here is for it to eventually integrate seamlessly with companies and to not think of data as some sort of receipt that comes after the fact. It should be a real live living reflection of the movement of your revenue, your inventory, where your freight and shipments are. And it is, you know, data is not just this, this segmented thing that stays on a hard drive somewhere. It should be a living, breathing thing that is cross department. Yeah. And my question of the week for December 4th was about 
um, you know, bringing data to the forefront, bringing boring old data to the forefront of the conversation. But, you know, I ask that question, are we hearing too much about it? about technology, about data, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because you hear a lot about it. It's at conferences and it's on our podcasts. And I wonder, because I I do feel the frustration, right? I do feel there is a frustration amongst freight forwarders, amongst service providers, amongst supply chain professionals. Is there maybe a language barrier? Well, I think there's a a mental impasse in some ways because when people hear tech, their brains almost almost shut off, you know, and they want to defer and delegate. But the fact is that tech isn't, and I I'm not I don't want to say it's generational, but younger people tend to understand that that you know there's a parallel a parallelity. Is that, is that even a word? I don't know. They run parallel. Your, your digital freight data and your actual freight, they're not two separate entities. That's like saying like your voice and your recorded voice are two completely separate things. They're not. They're, 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 it's a real life representation of what we're just saying right now, this waveform we're speaking into. And I think the impasse comes when people just need to have a, a tough talk with themselves. People who make decisions at the top of companies about what the supply chain needs to be now. And again, that's happening at the bigger companies. And like all trends, it starts at the top and people see it and trickles down and it goes down to the gigantic BCOs of the world like Amazon. Then you get the mid-level guys. Then you get the low-level guys eventually converting over. And they're going to need to be there. Did you know that UPS, for example, they have a... If you don't give them data digitally, well, they phrase it as a discount. But you don't actually get a discount. You have to pay 10% more if you don't give them your data digitally. And this is the kind of move that's going to force LTL carriers, shippers themselves to start really taking data more seriously. And again, not just thinking of it as something that, you know, an IT guy has to deal with or, or some nerd in the back. Yeah. And airlines do the same, right? For e-airway bills and things like that, they charge a fee if you're not using an e-airway bill. And I think that that is, you know, one of the ways to really force everybody into, into the technology, the data integration, the EDI, that kind of stuff. But I wonder, so I have mentioned uh, a couple of times in past episodes and even at conferences that I truly believe that supply chains need a diverse, um, they need diverse teams. I believe they need a technology person that may or may not have supply chain background within their supply chain teams to really be able to navigate through because there's, there's not only a lot of talk about technology, there's a lot of new startups, new innovation, companies coming out with different types of technology that can help you do this and help you do that. And it, it can definitely be overwhelming. So do you think that's part of the solution or what's your thoughts on that? My thing is, so there's a lot of signal-to-noise ratio going on. There's a lot of conversation about places that shippers can't even get to yet. Because without clean data, and that's where the conversation starts. It starts at day one. And if you want to know more about that, go to dayone.io. But it starts at day one. It starts with your data. You cannot properly utilize any technological system or any advancement. You can't use blockchain. You can't use AI. And you can't train learning systems with bad data because you're going to train it the wrong way and there's going to be disastrous results. So I think that the conversation has to start at the beginning and not have people try to reach too far ahead. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. But I also want to spend some time on the how. 
right? Like, cause we can say that we can say that you need to make sure that your data house is in order and you need to start at the beginning and not at the end and things like that. But people want tangible solutions. What is it worth to the shipper and what do they do internally to make it happen? Well, I'll tell you, I just put out a, an infographic recently. It was the seven deadly sins of integration of supply chain technology integration. And you bring up a good point. It is daunting. Logistics is not simple. And anybody who tells you it is, is not doing a good enough job with your logistics because it, it should be complex and there should be a lot of optimization going on. So what you do, though, is if you don't have the know-how in-house, you outsource it. And you outsource it to a company, especially if they're going to administer a TMS. In my opinion, you'd administer it to a company that is freight neutral, right? You don't want to give it to, you don't want someone that's asset based or someone that's contract based administering and trying to optimize your freight because the problem there is they're going to optimize the freight for themselves, not for you because they have trucks to fill and they have space on contract through agents that they have to fill. So there's a vested conflict of interest. So I think what you do is you go out to a 4PL. You could even go to abornco.com and talk to one of us over here. I mean, our approach to things is, and you mentioned this too, we have 300 years of freight experience inside these rooms based on the people who work within these walls. Most of us in, well, not most, half of us in here started out on the operational side, the sort of pre-tech side. We were still getting things on fax machines and all of that. But we've also brought in out-of-school data scientists to help manage the data so we can show them what the numbers mean. Because in logistics, there's so much idiosyncrasy and there's so many vagaries, and it's hard to put those numbers together. We know it's a gigantic puzzle. We know it's hard work because we do that work every day. So we know what shippers are facing. It's not the kind of thing you can fix overnight. It's a process improvement that takes place outside of your walls and inside of your walls because it takes cross-departmental training and all these things. So my recommendation to a company looking to future-proof their supply chain would be to nominate a project lead and maybe eventually get them to the point where they are that CCSO, right? That chief or CSCO, that chief supply chain officer and have them be put in charge of the training, the cross-departmental function and the liaison between your providers and uh, who's ever administering all this data and bringing it together. It takes work and it takes partnerships, but you can save millions of dollars this way. And that's what we do for companies. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. I'm glad that you talked about the project lead because one of my questions to you was internally, you know, who do they need on their team to make sure that they're working with the right partner? But you mentioned the project lead. And I think that that's important, I guess, figuring out the background that they need to be able to take on that project is a bit of a different story and depends on what you're looking for. But you're also talking about um, technology, implementing technology that is good today. But with the rate of change, going as fast as it's going. I mean, we had I had Sweetbridge on here saying that right now it's 1.5 years or the knowledge base is changing and it's only going to get faster. If you're just starting today or you're starting to implement something today, a lot of times that technology is not even good tomorrow or six months from now or, or whatever. So how, you know, even that part is daunting in itself. Exactly. And that, you know, that is why, Sarah, that... Our core focus or my my core focus and one thing I uh, evangelize is data purity because that is a best practice and you can't use it. It doesn't matter what technology comes down the pike. You can't use it if you're not having a clean signal stream. 
in my implementation things, and this comes from my background working in operations, working for a shipper and working for a 3PL, both on the operations side in the sales. And one thing that I noticed being out in the field, and these are where my seven deadly sins were for, they were ignorance, not knowing the market, right? Assumptions, thinking you know the market or thinking people are going to take a project lead, not nominating someone to actually handles implementation internally who can give communication to upper levels cross-departmentally. The vice is sticking to bad habits. When you bring on new technology, you have to change, right? You have to change the way that you're focusing on things to leverage this stuff. So you need that lead to bring that training in. The other is isolation. The big problem in companies right now is there's no cross-departmental sharing because all the information is held within within silos. Now, it's great to protect your data, but not from people who need to see it. So your procurement people, your salespeople, there, there's tons of people organizationally who can utilize and leverage this data. The other is neglect because it's data. Again, all of this stuff takes maintenance. And if you take a database that starts clean, and don't administer it, it doesn't take much to, for that to pollute the well. And then that comes into impurity. That's why I just said, if you have impurity, and that should be like number one, because impurity, impure data, you can't run any of this other stuff. And what's going to happen if you don't have clean data is you're going to go to my seventh deadly sin, which is abandonment. You're just going to stop using this technology because it's not functioning the way that you think it's supposed to. Okay. And then, but then, you know, a shipper says, well, how big of a company do I have to be to make sure that my data house is in order? Because if I'm a small company just getting started, I'm going through growth phase, I've got a lot of things going on, you know, where does that leave me? Well, your ROI scales the bigger you are, right? So the bigger you are, the more savings you're going to actualize by using this technology. And also the more risk exposure you're at by not adopting this technology. Because if as new systems come on board and things like UPS charging a 10% increase in fees to your bottom line, if you don't have, if you're not technologically in place at the time or starting now, which you probably should, or even two years ago, start now thinking about data purity, then you should be there. If you're a very small shipper, you know, you're playing a different supply chain game. Like, how many TUs are we talking about? If you have like 50 shipments, right? You're in the transactional market. You're probably sticking in the spot market because you're not you're not a big enough player to even get those contracts. But if you're doing 200 TUs a year and up, I think that's when you can even start considering getting your data in order. But if you're a smaller company too, there's less to clean up. So it's not like it's an expensive project to put in place to at least get the data started to start at day one. And the reason I say day one, and there was a need in the market for it because like you're asking, what do people do to start, right? So our approach is go to day one.io, day zero one.io, send us a data sample. We'll fill out an NDA and we will give you a data report back based on whatever information you sent us on, on the future readiness of your supply chain. Then from there, we can have real strategic conversations about how, what your goals are for the future and what you want to implement now and how to get there and what, what you can do. And oftentimes, we uncover large degrees of savings just doing that. Okay, so that was, you sort of went into my next question, which, which isn't a, which is about, I didn't know if it was day zero one or day one. Um, I was going to ask you about it because you launched day one late last year and I was going to ask you what it's all about. So is that what it's all about? Somebody sending you a data sample, you analyzing it and sort of giving them a score? Yeah, day one is literally day one. So it's designed for the person who goes, okay, 
I agree. Our data is a mess or we want to future proof our supply chain or we want to have a modern supply chain. We don't know where to start. Well, start with your data. Send us a sample of your freight data and we'll see what kind of information you're even collecting back from your partners. What order and what disarray it's from. It's really not any different than the way we typically do rate exercises and, and optimize loads when they come in on spreadsheets. But we're doing it now to to serve the market because there's so many people who ask the same question you do. How do I get there? Well, simply start at day one. We all have to start somewhere, and that's our solution. And it's free. Yeah, I still don't think a lot of shippers are – because we are t- we talk about data. I feel like we talk about data all the time. Well, we should. And And I think that we should, but I also don't know if the industry is – grasping onto it as much as everybody is sort of trying to say or shake somebody's shoulders to say, hey, this we really need to do this. You know, you need to get on board today. Um, so I guess, you know, once a shipper does clean up their data, what's next for them? What does that mean in their business and in their supply chain? Well, see, the thing is, data isn't just numbers, though. I mean, the data literally represents these trucks and this freight. So you should not, if you're talking about a box of freight, you are talking about data. There's a rep- there's a representation there. But what we do with data is optimize people's loads. So we're doing more intelligent routing. Because a big secret, a big dirty secret that a lot of people may not know is that 3PLs and asset-based brokers have a vested interest in filling their own trucks. So their optimization often can benefit them. And we uncover that quite often. We look at how shipments are routed because oftentimes it won't even make sense why they would go these distances. Well, it does if you know how 3PLs operate oftentimes. And what that means is that they're trying to fill their own loops, which may mean your your freight has to travel more miles or it costs you more money or it takes a longer amount of time than if consolidations were made completely and agnostically for your business. Okay, so let's get into the future. I mean, we've talked about 2019. You guys have, you've just launched somebody, something that's exciting, the day one initiative that's going to take you into 2019 um, or has taken you into 2019. And then you've got this conference um, that is going to be a mix of inbound and supply chain conference. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. But what else does... 2019 sort of bring for you? What does that look like for Tim? Do you have any predictions on the industry that you can share? Well, yeah, you mentioned it. I'm over the moon about TransTech 2020. It is a supply chain vision and innovation conference dealing with freight, transportation, and innovation with the smartest minds in the universe, Sarah. I hope. I don't know. I think they'll be there. I love it. TransTech2020.com. Go there. Event information is available on site. And I think this conference may, you may need a golden ticket. It may be invite only. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, um, make sure that when you put that one in the mail, actually the postal strikes over. So, and hopefully you don't use snail mail. Well, here's the thing. We want to have meaningful conversations, right? So when we bring people in into the room, there's people that, that can make decisions there and people who are making decisions and people who are making change and can see what's happening. I used to work in the music industry. I worked there right after Napster came out. And you mentioned like, ah, shippers aren't doing enough with their data. Yeah, they said that in the music industry too, you know? And that cost them a lot of money by inaction. 
And I don't think inaction is an excuse not to pursue advancements in technology. So I think that you're going to see shippers taking a much harder focus on there. You already are. Investments are way up by venture capitalists. Investments are way up by the larger shippers out there in technology. And if you look at the difference, for example, like ELF put out their report and the investments in technology five years ago were like 3%. And now they're approaching like 27%. I think it's almost 30% now investments in technology. So the industry is most definitely taking notice. There's just a lot of inaction in the middle and at the bottom. And unfortunately, with a lot of the service providers, a lot of carriers and 3PLs are perfectly happy staying in a transactional relationship forever. But I I think we hope to see that change. And what I'm excited for is talking to the people of the future who are going to help change that. On Consulting Logistics, I just launched a new show format on there, SCU 30, Supply Chain Under 30, where we talk to People under 30 in supply chain, entrepreneurs to the person behind the desk doing entry levels as long as they have an exciting story and they want to learn more about supply chain because I personally get excited about that kind of stuff, Sarah. Don't you? Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. I think that that's a really great initiative um, because I agree with you. We need to learn and hear more from you know, the up and comers in our industry, we want to see things from their point of view as well, because they're also the people that we're selling to. Yeah. And, you know, I I think I'm very empathetic to that age group too. Um, Even though, you know, I'm almost 40 now, but I started in this business when I was 26. And when I was 26, there was nobody within my age at FedEx, a company of 120 people. The next person closest to my age was seven years older than me in their thirties. There was nobody. There's like a whole generation of eighties kids that for some reason in New England did not get into supply chain. I got you beat there. I started when I was 16. You know, you're way ahead of the curve. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I started with summers, summers when I was 16. That was mostly, you know, filing and answering the phone. (laughs) Um, And then really got into it full time uh, when I was about 18, 19. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to say. (laughs) Well, no, I'm not. where, Where do I go with that one? Like, how have you enjoyed it since then, Sarah? Obviously, you love it, right? You've got your own podcast. You've got your you have your very successful women in supply chain series. Yeah. And I think I don't know. I think supply chain logistics is just in my blood. It's been, it is, it's been spoken about at the dinner table for a very for most of my life. Well, I like that, you know, a lot of supply chain and logistics for a long time had been like a very sort of dry presentation. And it, it was like like thinking about banking or something, right? Where especially with all these innovations coming in, it's such an exciting landscape right now. And now colleges are offering complete degree programs in here. So you're getting a whole different type of person coming into this industry where for a long time it was just like a bunch of journeymen. Myself included, you know, I went to art school. I didn't go to school to be in supply chain, but I happened to get into it and I happened to fall in love with it. And what the cool thing is, Sarah, that eventually I got to take that degree in pro audio and use it to get a job in supply chain by doing, by getting hired for a podcast. How awesome is that? Yeah. And you're changing the marketing landscape in supply chain as well. And I think that that is you know, a really, really great thing because marketing for a long time was kind of the elephant in the room. When you talked about supply chain or freight forwarders, logistics companies, you know, steamship lines, and in some respects, it still is. And so not only do we talk about, you know, how behind we are in technology and cleaning up our data, 
we're also behind in marketing. And I think that that's where a lot of the service providers are really feeling the pinch because the margins are low. You know, they have technology to catch up on. They have marketing to catch up on. And so you're right. It's a really, really interesting time to be in this field. And the amount of people that reach out to me from, you know, students or people in other careers looking to change into supply chain um, is incredible. I get requests on a daily um, from different people looking for more information and how to do it and and what do I need to know? How can I just jump into it? Is there internships for us? See, that's another thing in supply chain that we've kind of been lacking. We really haven't had those types of opportunities as a supply chain as a whole. Maybe in, you know, because we're all siloed mentality, maybe in different departments. But I think that we need to embrace this new love of supply chain, this new interest into supply chain and logistics and see what we can grasp from the other people that have been in other industries before. I agree. And, you know, the cool thing, too, about people going to university and getting a degree with their goal to be a CS, CO, a chief supply chain officer, means they're really going to respect the position and its placement within a company. So there'll be a, a lot more value put into what the supply chain actually represents, which is a hell of a lot more than just 10% of the bottom line, which is what it traditionally was thought of as. It's 10% of the bottom line. Have Joey in the back. Take care of it. I don't want to know anything about it unless there's a big problem. Absolutely. Well, listen, Tim, I love your passion. I always love talking to you. I'm so glad that you came back on the show. And listeners, you heard it here first. Data will be the talk of the industry for 2019. So it's better to start that cleanup now and move your business into the future. Learn more about Tim and consulting logistics at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 45. I will also have more information about their conference and day one on the website as well. What's your website? Where can they get more information for you? Yeah, sure. For the podcast, go to consultinglogistics.io or simply search for Consulting Logistics on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player of choice. A boarding company, A-B-O-R-N, andco.com. That's our main website. Day one is day01.io. And for the conference, to get the details, to get on the information list, transtech2020.com. It's going to be such a wonderful year, Sarah. You, you can tell that you're a podcaster. That was awesome. Thank you, Tim, for coming on the show today. If you liked this episode, go and check out Season 2-Episode 2 with Chris Lee as we talk about the adventures in big data. And up next week, Savvy Technology is coming on the show, and you're going to hear all about what they are doing in the industry and what they can do for your, your business and your supply chain. So stay tuned for that one. If you want to support the show, there's a few ways to do that. One is to follow us on LinkedIn. I have a show page there where I post questions of the week, new um, episodes, and so, so much more. So make sure that you go and follow us on LinkedIn or also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you could go to iTunes and rate and review us, other people can find the show and learn all about 
the information that the guests are talking about on the show. I, I would be so appreciative if you took a few minutes to do that. Third, if you go to ships.com, that's S-H-I-P-Z dot com, and you fill in your information, you will be one of the first to know when we are launching that platform. I've been talking about this for a very long time, but I promise you we are working very, very hard and will be out on the market soon. Last but not least, my supply chain dictionary. It's 107 pages of definitions, acronyms, and everything that you need to succeed in supply chain. So go and check that out at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you have an amazing day. And remember everybody, ship happens. Ship happens.